Hello, and welcome to Troy Story, a podcast for the Collar City, where we explore the history of Troy, New York, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, John Salka. We're back for part two of our interview with former Troy Mayor Mark Pattison. In the second half of our chat, Mark discusses some of the major projects undertaken during his tenure as mayor, his working relationship with then New York State Senate Majority Leader Joe Bruno, and the 1999 mayoral election when he sought a second full term to lead the Collar City into the new millennium. If you didn't hear part one yet, I would strongly recommend going back to listen before starting part two. I can't thank everyone enough for returning for this month's episode. The response to the show has been absolutely overwhelming. After just four weeks, we hit 800 downloads, and that number continues to climb. We're continuing to record new chapters, and I'm really excited to share these upcoming stories with you. If you're looking for more info, head over to TroyStoryPod.com for the latest news on upcoming episodes, bonus content, and to sign up for those all-important email updates. And please, if you could, leave a review of our show on Apple Podcasts. Reviews are the most effective way to help people find the show. Lastly, if you have an idea, suggestion, or just want to say hello, feel free to drop us a line at mail at TroyStoryPod.com. All right, let's get right into part two of our interview with Mark Pattison, former mayor of the city of Troy. You mentioned uh, Senator Bruno. I don't know if he or I realized how powerful he really was. Uh, 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 He came up with $4 million of additional state aid and said, now you don't have to raise the taxes. And I said, well, I got to raise the taxes. It's not. It's not. It's not recurring. It's one time, uh, and then it came up. I think with another four million dollars. I said, "No, well, now you can really you don't have to raise the tax." I said, "Still not recurring," uh, and so uh, there was a flyer in every household in the city of Troy a week after I said no, uh, the second time uh, to him because you know he has lots of had uh, lots of uh, you know power, uh, but we didn't do that. We used the money to pay off the debt that we'd accumulated, um, and we renegotiated the debt we had we owed. Uh, it was 28% of our budget was going to debt service. Which is insane. More than insane, yeah. We got it down to 16%, which is about 5% higher than you really want it to be. This is the best I could do. So we got down to a flat $6 million, which just got paid off last year. Uh, right, being 20, 2023 being last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, right. Which uh, is funny because this was 1996. So we, and we was flat debt, and that was, uh, that was just uh, part of our strategy. We went to the bondholders and said we are an honorable institution. We should pay you. We can't. So we need to work something out. And we worked out different deals with different bondholders. Some took 0% interest. Some took, you know, cut the, cut the principal. Uh, but we reduced the debt uh, fairly substantially. And there were a couple different, it was the hockey rink in, in uh, Lansburg that there was a bond on. There was the other uh, sale lease uh, to the LDC uh, deal. Uh, what in Troy, it's, it, the big deal wasn't municipal debt. It, it was contract debt. Uh, we were over our constitutional debt limit, except it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, municipal debt. It was a creative mechanism. So that really, in fact, in a way, strengthened my hand because it wasn't municipal debt. You know, when I went to them, they said, "Well, you can raise the taxes." I said, "Already did. Right? I raised the taxes twenty-one percent, and we'll raise thirty-eight percent. Well, you can cut costs. Well, I already did. You know, I laid off people. We've got forty-seven people. I accepted all the, the the cuts that the previous administration had made, so that all the staff that were laid off before that number we didn't replace uh, so we had made you know so now it's on you and i said you know here's our here's our number we, we can't afford more than six million dollars a year 
and whoever gets here first gets the deal, gets better deals, right? That's just the way it uh, works. So it was, uh, again, I had some really, uh, some staff who were really uh, helpful, uh, who understood that stuff better than I did. Uh, but I, you know, we came up with a plan and we went to them and again, reduced the debt. And we had other things. Uh, the Broadway quarter was, uh, was a million dollars in the Broadway quarter that was uh, available to us from the federal government, but we couldn't take it because we couldn't, uh, we couldn't uh, make the match. Uh, and uh, this is what I say is part of the hope agenda. I, I just said, well, this is crazy. I can't turn down a million bucks when you're broke. So I signed the form. I said, well, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll make the match. I mean, we didn't have any money. But I wasn't going to walk away from a million dollars. So we were able to do the, the Broadway Quarter and repave and redo the streets and, and uh, do a, b- a bunch of other things. Again, hope, create hope. We did the Congress Street Quarter. Again, create hope. Things are improving. Things are getting better. We're making progress here. So that was part of the goal. And we did a, a waterfront planning uh, uh, effort that was run by TAP. That was, uh, and we went around and you know had a big community meeting and uh, put sticky notes on projects and and voted so I had a, a, a book of, of potential projects uh, up and down uh, the waterfront that I could you know throw at somebody, Senator Bruno or others, when we had uh, uh, opportunities for, for, for funding. But again, you, you, you do some planning, you engage people, uh, you, you, you know, they're part of the process. You mentioned Senator Bruno again, and you had a, a, good, a good working relationship. I mean, even though you were of two different parties, yeah. he was the majority leader, and I think he recognized that the city of Troy's success was ultimately tied everywhere else. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, uh, my father ran against him uh, when he first came on the scene, and uh, uh, Joe beat him. He lived down the street from my Uncle John and Tamarack, uh, uh, so there were uh, acquaintances. I always treated him with respect because he was the the uh, Senate Majority Leader, and uh, he always treated me with respect, although usually if he was having a press conference in Troy, he'd tell me it 10 minutes before he got there, but he'd tell me. Um, and uh, and so we had a good relationship, and I and, and uh, ultimately uh, uh, I endorsed him for re-election, which was, again, not something that was popular with some of my Democrats. Four, did you do it four times or just once? No, just once. Just once, just okay. Once. I did it when there was no, there was no opponent. Uh, oh, okay. So it wasn't undermining the Democratic. Again, he was a Senate Majority Leader. My job was to make sure the city of Troy was able to recover. Yeah. So he had resources that uh, we needed. Uh, he never gave any money except for those first chunks to the budget. It was always around projects. Uh, but uh, those were projects that I was uh, supporting. What were some of the major projects that you started under under your administration at that time? Do you remember any of the big ones? Let's just, just like... Yeah, oh, sure. We, you know, again, we did the the, the Congress Street uh, sure, project sure. downtown. We also did uh, got two corridor studies for Cong- Upper Congress Street and for Hoosick Street. Uh, we did the Broadway corridor. Uh, things that are, came to fruition much, much later. We had a, the the trail all along the. Uh, we have uh, funding for the trail, the one along the river. Um, it's in pieces, uh, and I don't even know if the, we did. Uh, a part of that was the uh, the River Street Park. Uh, uh, Riverfront Park. Riverfront Park was uh, was a part of the trail. Um, the you know, South Troy Industrial Road uh, was our money. Again, didn't come to fruition for for uh, maybe still isn't uh, twenty five uh, years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, but we got the initial funding for that. Yeah. Initial funding for uh, some of the Hudson Mark Industrial Gateway uh, renovations, uh, the boat launch, uh, the fishing pier. Uh, those are all things that came out of the waterfront planning project, and we had a big South Troy working waterfront program that we got uh, funding for, and 
you know, had plans to move, to restructure where things were over a long period of time. There's a, a bunch of things. I was the infrastructure mayor. I, we, we dedicated a lot of that extra money to infrastructure. And, uh, you know, there's things that you that once you do, nobody, you don't ever get a, a vote for. Uh, uh, we put the, the, uh, the generator uh, for the upper water system uh, into the water, in, in, into the public utilities. Um, when the power goes out, the generator goes on. You don't lose water. So there's no crisis. Right. So nobody cares. <laughs> we put we put a thousand feet of a in situate form, which is this epoxy fiber right in front of Sacred Heart. The 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 sewer was collapsing or at risk of collapsing. It's way deep. If they'd collapse, you know, the buildings it would have been a huge problem. It cost us. Four hundred fifty thousand dollars or something, but they they put this epoxy sock in it. Relined it. You relined the relined it. Low tech. There's a little little sock. Uh, you know, they pull on the toe of the sock and they pull it through. They've already measured all the holes, and then they heat it with heated water, and it turns into fiberglass, and they come in and cut it out. So you know, you reline the pipe, and now you got structural pipe, and you don't have a collapse. Well, nobody cares. You no, know? but it's good. It's that we did a lot of things that we you know, when I first got to City Hall. The rumor was um, that they, we didn't have any police cars. And I actually asked John Headley to do a, a study, an independent study. Well, he said you got two working police cars. So, we, you know, we didn't have equipment. Uh, at the firehouse, they had a hose uh, hooked up to one of the, some of the trucks pumping water in because it was coming out so fast because it was leaking. We replaced all of the uh, equipment in the fire department. Uh, we did other things that they that they didn't like in terms of restricting personnel and on-term costs, um, but we replaced um, really r- virtually all of the machinery uh, that you needed. You know, for police, you, 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 you like to have community policing. You like to have police, police walking in the streets, but you still got to have a car that drives them there. You know, so uh, you know these are these are necessaries. Again, not things we we weren't deferring maintenance. Uh, we we did maintenance on city hall. Uh, did a ton of work on City Hall. The City uh, Hall that doesn't exist anymore. City Hall doesn't exist. Right. Right. Like what you hear? Well, then it might be time to give us a flattering review. Reviews are the best way to make the mysterious and magical podcast algorithm suggest our modest little show to other listeners. And if you're feeling extra generous, please share this episode with a friend, family member, or that special person in your life. They'll thank you for it, and we will be forever in your debt. Troy Story, a podcast for the Collar City, streaming everywhere you get your podcasts. Visit TroyStoryPod.com to learn more. All right, back to the show. You ran for a second term in uh, 99, right? That was yep. election year 99 for a second four-year. Um, what do you remember from that race, the decision to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run again uh, mm-hmm. in Troy and still today, uh, term limited, you can mm-hmm. only run. Uh, you can only serve two consecutive terms um, as mayor. What What are your memories of that time? Your decision to run. You know, were there was there a sense of uh, would you or would you not? What was What was that time period like? Yeah, well, you know, I was up to my uh, eyeballs and doing things. Things that I I love the job of being mayor, uh, and uh, uh, you know, being in the mix and and uh, trying to solve uh, problems. Uh, so there's never any question that I was going to run run for re-election. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I actually also tried to overturn the term limits uh, uh, 
uh, oh, that's right. and uh, unsuccessfully. Uh, what was the rationale behind that? I don't think I don't believe in it. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I think there are problems of incumbency that are real, not so much in Troy or lower levels, because in Troy people are perfectly willing to throw you out if they're inclined. <laughs> um, uh, but I just think you don't you don't take away somebody's vote. I think that people can decide. Uh, in, and then again, there are other issues with incumbency that are real uh, that it got to be addressed, and you ought to make elections accessible and fundraising accessible and all that. But uh, uh, so I I thought it was an opportunity to change it, and and I don't know if I would have run for a third term or not. But uh, anyway, it was unsuccessful. Um, it's a little bit, you know, uh, just like uh, the first time you got a job, but your other job is to run for re-election. So it's uh, you know you got to sort of figure out how to how to change gears a little bit. Um, you know, I thought we had a great council slate. The count we lost the council that uh, year, and I think that's part of the, you know, the tradition. Of Troy, if you're doing things that are are the right, I'm going to say this in air quotes, uh, the right thing to do financially, they're not always the popular thing to do, uh, and you do pay a price. Uh, so, uh, you know, we had raised the taxes. We'd done. We, you know, people would call me up and and say, okay, well, now we're out of the crisis. So, can I have my twice a week garbage back? And I'm like, mm, no. Uh, you know, uh, so, you know, again, there are consequences to those decisions. And actually, today, they've continued. Troy has less, I mean, there's spends more money because things are, uh, but uh, less staff, less less resources to solve problems than they've ever had, more less than I did. Uh, my, the job's a lot tougher today than it was uh, when I was there. I had, I was able to hire, uh, you know, a substantial uh, group of people to be my senior senior staff and even, we didn't have enough people then and we've got less people trying to plow streets and and pick up garbage and you know the police department's probably about the same maybe even a little bit higher and fire departments are pretty much the same i i, uh, I agree with that working yeah. in city hall yeah. is a it's a it's a it's, tough gig you have to love job. you have to love the job you have to really want to yeah and i don't think anybody's prepared for it i mean i wasn't prepared for it uh, i had a background and a sort of a absorbed about government and all that uh, but you know i i the hell I'm going to have somebody else write my speeches. I'm going to write my own speeches. Oh, really? Well, you wrote your own speeches? I huh? did not because I never <laughs> any time to do it. Right? I mean, you think you're going to do it? You can't. Uh, you know, uh, I just you know start out. You meet with people in your office, and then you realize my job is to meet with them, but somebody else got to be in that room to make sure that we have follow up and that we have implementation, or that we agree on what was agreed upon in the, agreed in upon. the meeting. So there's there's lots to learn, and it's uh, it's a tough job. And uh, I say that 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 no matter who you are. Um, becoming mayor of the city of Troy, you're in store for the swiftest kick in the ass on day one. Well, you're, you're you know, for the first 10 seconds, got fit, more than 50% of the people who who, are, who voted for you, but it changes pretty fast. Every decision you make has got people who are happy and people who are sad. So, But I love that. I, I loved going out and engaging with people. Uh, that I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, very active in the community because I thought that was my job, just to get people with me, you know, to convince them that we were doing the right thing. But we lost the council that year. Uh, so it was a tough election, uh, but I was glad to have won, and uh, I lost some staff. Uh, they went on to some other things, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, our capacity, not all of those people got replaced, because, again, slowly, uh, you know, when we raised the tax the first time, that was the last time the council was ever going to do it. You know, they weren't going to do it twice. One and done. Uh, one and done. Uh, so, um, again, you know, uh, things cost more money. You never want to, you always want to, Make sure you're doing things efficiently and as cheaply as possible. So raising taxes isn't the first instance, uh, but at some level, you know, you have to have enough money to do what people are asking you to do, and you have to establish the priorities. So 
you know, again, there are consequences to tough fiscal decisions. Uh, but I was delighted and uh, had things still to do. You know, I, and it was a challenge. You, you know, uh, I think Troy is inclined to hire you again if uh, you're doing okay. But you also have to keep the agenda alive. You have to, you know, you, you, once you're reelected and term limited, you're in, you're on a slow decline <laughs> uh, for losing authority and power. Uh, and uh, that was actually part of why. I did the term limits thing. It was just to try to keep in the game. I think I did that a year, a year after uh, I got reelected. But, uh, um, uh, you know, I want to stay relevant for as long as I possibly could. So, But we had things to do. And, uh, again, it's a, it's a tough job to stay, you know, energized and active about. And you got to keep staff. And Yeah, losing staff, I'm losing sure, staff is really is tough, hard. You know? That institutional uh, knowledge. The- yeah, and just, uh, you know, there are people that went through the wars with you. So. I mean, I'm I'm grateful to everybody that uh, served with me. They put their life on the line. I say that not to not. I'm not exaggerating. They put their life on the line to come work for me. Um, and you know, they all had to find a job afterwards. People don't think about that. They go, "Oh yeah, well you get another job." Well, you don't always get another job, or you don't always get the job you want. Um, uh, it just depends on a lot of things. So um, uh, I'm grateful to the staff that, uh, and I'm grateful to the citizens of Troy for for uh, because that's really who who saved the city was not me. Uh, I put plans out there and uh, set goals, but it's the people of Troy who, who who engaged with me and ultimately agreed to do it through their legislative representatives, and uh, uh, that's how we solved, not solved, but addressed the, the financial problems. That was my big issue was financial problems, but I also was very active with uh, trying to bring in the creative economy, the historic preservation, the, the kinds of things that make a city of Troy Unique. Yeah, I always thought you had to have an edge. You know, what? What's the? What, what, how do you give Troy an edge, and our history and our, our uh, connections to RPI and technology and uh, arts uh, is part of that edge. There's a there's an interesting New York Times article it's from August twenty eighth two thousand. Um, it's called the Other Economy, and this was a part of a series about um, municipalities across New York State and the challenges they were facing. Um, this was on the city of Troy. Um, and it's a pretty interesting article. We don't have to go through it, but it's the article's headline is nearly broken 95. A city turns around Troy's fortunes rebound sharply. Thanks in part to New York cities. It's, it's funny. It's sort of a who's who of, of individuals who stayed involved in local government, Bill Fagan, um, Patrick Madden, Joe Fama, um, it talks a little bit about the past history of Troy, and it, and then and and focuses specifically on you, your your time as your time as mayor, and and the work that you did, and specifically mentioning you only had two police cars to put on the street at yeah, any one time, yeah. et cetera. I will I'm going to put it in the show notes, so those who are listening, you can you can check the article out. But it goes into a, it was pretty interesting. It goes into a lot of, you know, here's one of the great lines. But but while some cities coped with similar problems, Troy, where bare knuckle politics are a blood sport, did not. Part of that that's it's really important is, you know, there were people like Bill Fagan, like Joe Fama, who who had ideas and had uh, you know energy behind those ideas, uh, and that's those are the people that I engaged with and and, uh, and you know to try to take their ideas uh, to uh, to bring them uh, forward. So again, you don't do this job alone. It takes business, civic, and and political uh, forces, all three, uh, to. Uh, to make things work. And again, that is sometimes Troy's uh, weak spot is we don't have as robust a uh, business and civic uh, side. We have the governmental side, but uh, you know, you need business leaders, you need, uh, uh, and you need community. You know, we're, we're a very strong not-for-profit world. Um, 
with very creative, talented people. You got to tap into those those groups. Again, you have to have a vision, right? You have to have a vision. Uh, you have to put the vision out there. You have to make yourself vulnerable and say, here's what I think, and then let people decide, you know, give you feedback. Uh, it's not always fun, uh, but it's it's essential. Um, I, I remember a time, it was a, uh, one of my favorite moments, but I was up in North, North Central with a small group of uh, residents, and, and uh, I think there might have been 15 people in the room and half of them right my staff you know um and and they yelled at me for two hours and every time i tried to break in they'd yell at me some more uh and my staff would you know bury their head and take notes and that kind of stuff but at whatever after at the end of that there's a long enough period and i said all right well it sounds like you got a lot on your mind and if it if it takes all night to get it off your chest then i'll then let's do it and if it means i got to come back tomorrow then i'll come back tomorrow i'll come back until we get it all off our chest but sooner or later we're going to have to figure out how to solve problems together. And when I left the room, they didn't love me, but we we're having a conversation. And that was my goal. And that was what, that, that's what I love to do. I love, that was what being mayor was all about to me. It was getting out there and, and uh, trying to get people to, to open up and, and uh, you know, again, share their visions and share their commitment to trying to solve problems. Cause you need, you can't do it without staff. You can't do it without people picking up garbage cans and you can't do it without the citizens uh, and voters, uh, engaging in uh in the conversation about where we're going we'll leave it at that thank you mark i appreciate you taking yeah, the time no, it was fun history uh i probably made up most of it uh, what are you doing here <laughs> we re revisit history so but uh, somebody else can check that and uh and challenge it because uh, you know again you have your own view of the world but thank you it was fun well we hope you enjoyed hearing this extended interview with former troy mayor mark pattison I certainly learned a lot, and we hope you did too. Tune in next time for Chapter 3, when we speak with longtime Troy business owner Dan Fremont, who opens up about growing up in Troy, his career in the human services and food service industries, and the lessons, challenges, and heartache of running his restaurant, Mud Daddy Flats, for the last 11 years in downtown Troy. So just a couple weeks short of my second anniversary, we opened up here on a Tuesday, and sales immediately hit. Boom people were here and then uh that friday was try night out 2014 try night out was still really hot at fulton street having the line to the door was no big deal because it was only like six feet here a line to the door is 37 feet and when you got a line to the door and it stays that way we were nowhere prepared to go like that it was like uh, it's a blessing and a curse. It, it, is, it is definitely a blessing and a curse. And it's like, I had, a, it's like we had prepped and more than we had ever done before. And then we started running out. I got 12 orders hanging on the slip rack. I got a line at the counter and I'm out of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Break out everything else we got. You know, we got beef. We got pork. It's like anything I could throw. It's like, we'll make these are your options. We can make something. I will, like, I'm scrambling. Chapter 3 premieres in March 2024, available wherever you get your podcasts. As always, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whatever streaming service you're using to hear the show to make sure you get notified about upcoming chapters along with special bonus content. Until next time, love yourself, love one another, and may pod save Troy. Troy Story, a podcast for the Collar City, is hosted, written, edited, and produced by me, John Salka. Our theme music is by Stephen J. Goldman at Four Legs Records. 
Like what you heard? Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Troy Story, a podcast for the Collar City. This is incredibly helpful for getting others to find our show. Want to know more? Visit TroyStoryPod.com to see upcoming episodes, guests, and bonus content. Thanks for listening. The views or opinions expressed by guests are their own and not of the host or Troy Story, a podcast for the Collar City.